Welcome to the Go Take Pictures podcast, where we spend time getting to know people who've decided to use photography to communicate in powerful ways. And the questions I want to ask, how do they balance making art with everyday life? What part does photography play in their family, career, passion, and vocation? At the end of the conversation, I'm hoping to know where the art comes from and then share that with you. My guest on this episode is Tom Lupton. Tom is a Portland, Oregon-based fashion photographer who creates absolutely stunning conceptual photos for designers and is part of his own personal artistic growth. We recently met through some mutual friends in one of my favorite remote places, where I was able to watch him put together one of his signature shoots. Tom, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on here with me and uh, taking the time to, to record uh, an episode of the podcast. Um, I'll just say like right off the bat that we met pretty recently this summer, um, in one of my favorite places on the whole planet. Um, we were, we met in the Albert desert out in Eastern Oregon. It's one of my favorite places too. (laughs) And so, um, I, uh, we have some mutual friends. Um, we kind of just rolled up and, and ended up camping in a super muddy, uh, rainy overnight situation. And that's kind of when we first met. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I guess I'll just dive right in and say, I'd love to, for you to tell us, um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, doesn't know you and doesn't know your work, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, and then we'll kind of, we'll kind of get into it from there. Go from there. Okay. Um, my name's Tom Lupton and I'm, uh, well, technically I'm a photographer. I like to think I'm a (laughs) photographic artist. You know, a lot of the work that I do, um, doesn't, not to belittle those people that go off and shoot, you know, things as they see it, you know. Um, but a lot of the work that I do takes a lot of planning, um, collaborating with other artists, um, which is a big part of what I do, which is which might be the the one thing that's different from a lot of people that you 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 do interview, um, is that you know, the meeting of the meeting of the artist minds instead of controlling it. Um if you described my uh, work nowadays, there's always a beautiful person in it, more sure. often than not a woman, you know. Uh, but that's that's not really what I think I do. I, I'd like to think that I, I do storytelling and and um, put emotions onto uh, a visible format. I love it. So I'll, I'll just I'll just kind of break it down because the the when we first met. We were camping out in the Alvar Desert, um, centered around our friend Bruce's uh, crazy off-road camper machine. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, totally. It's, uh, Bruce has this amazing trailer that's the most off-road capable trailer I've ever seen. Yeah, and and we met out there, and literally the first, uh, the second day that we spent together, um, I was able to take some photos and record some video of you. Um, taken taken photos of one of our mutual friends out there on the desert playa wearing all kinds of beautiful dresses and and also created <clears throat> dresses that you right. made out of out of out of foil material so there's definitely a fashion aspect to definitely. to what you do yeah um and i and i think that's fascinating and you're you're right i haven't had anybody on here that does that that's 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 been a that's that's a new thing for me um, so I'd love to know, how did you get into that? How, how did that become the thing that created that the I visual do. medium? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, you know, it's nothing I expected, although it's something I think that I wanted. Um, I'm an artist, so the things that you see me photograph now are things that I used to draw. Just fantastical creatures and people in the weirdest outfits that look like they come from another world. Um, and I, I did that forever. And one day I thought, what if I actually tried to, to shoot this? And, um, I'd had a little experience with the camera before that. Um, but not a lot. And, but what I created, Dan, was exactly what I was hoping it would be. Um, and I was, I was just, I fell in love with my work. <laughs> nice. You probably had a moment like that where you're like, wow. I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think always think it's kind of fascinating that there's the, the kind of the eureka moment that a lot of people mm -hmm. have where something clicks and, and you, you go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to keep doing this. Yeah. So how did you, how did you get into photography in the first place? Like that, that, that part I think is always an interesting story to know because you mentioned you were drawing, you were creating, you were already creating a visual art form before so how did how did you get into photography and how did that whole thing happen mm -hmm. well um i think like a lot of photographers my my mother told me don't pick that camera up anymore you don't know how to use it <laughs> um and that happened early on uh with both a camera and a video camera um so i stayed away from it for a long time and then uh one day during my brother's wedding i picked up somebody's camera and took a picture and i'm like oh my god I can take a picture. Oh, nice. Right. So that was another one of those aha moments. Um, one of those eureka moments. Um, and, you know, it's like something lit up behind my eyes. I'm like, oh, God, I got to do this. So I went out and I, I bought a camera. My first camera was a Sony, um, which it was the exact same model that I picked up from the table because they're like, I can shoot great pictures with this camera. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so it had to be this camera. Um, uh, so, so I did that. Um but that's not where I actually started creating the stuff that, that I do now. Um, although I kind of learned how to use it. Um, and I would shoot like little videos with it. Um, I, I ended up shooting some corporate headshots and corporate things with that. It was like a, a next seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I had one I, of those. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and you stick it in your pocket and your battery life's like 12, 12 minutes on it. But, um, yeah, so that was my inauguration there, um, picking up a, a little Sony. So you have since then moved into working with models and working with uh, just people who are interested in in doing modeling. I don't know if the, if all of them would call themselves models, but how did not how all of them would? You take a look at Jada. Jada's like, I'm not a model, but you take a look at the work we did, and you're like, you're a model. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So how did that, um, when you were, you were creating, you know, you were creating visual stuff before you start using the camera, you're doing all this different stuff. Mm. At what point do, did you kind of settle in on, um, making that a priority? The, this kind of fashion model art form. Pause. Well, I look at the ceiling. Um, <laughs> I actually um, thought of reaching out to to a designer um, who I thought might 
um, appreciate this the same kind of aesthetic I have, which is kind of a dark. Um, it's I like to think it's elegant, but it is dark, um, and it is intense, and it is uh, intense, and it is different. I reached out to somebody, um, and she said, "Okay, we'll give it a shot." Um, and then I pulled in a, a model that I had worked with on kind of like a fantasy shoot um, to work on it. And um, before you know it, this thing ballooned. And I think we had like 14 people in the shoot. Oh, wow. <laughs> we ended up getting, you know, some um, some male models in the picture. We got a Doberman. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, and what kind? What kind of um, the, the the designer? What kind of what kind of work does this designer do? What's the aesthetic? Oh, uh, pretty high end couture. Okay, yeah. So the we we shot with a bunch of different outfits, but we also got um, uh, the the primary one was a, a gold uh, embroidered uh, gown that was just just it sparkled and, and the light came out just perfectly on the day. It's like I can do this. This is, that was just amazing. So no, that's I I love hearing that. So what is when I because when I hear all of this stuff and I mm-hmm. I feel I feel like a lot of times the idea of fashion, the idea of photographing that kind of stuff, it has it has a utility a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think a, utility. Well, I, and I think a lot of times the, the utility is to sell something, right? I mean, that's yeah. why a lot of fashion uh, things happen uh, it was i we um my wife or my my wife and one of my sons and i went and saw house of gucci this weekend oh which is you know there's these all of these scenes with these these kind of these crazy runway scenes where they're unveiling new looks and mm-hmm. and you watch the like frantic you know mad genius when they're putting together all these crazy outfits and uh-huh. and that okay. kind of stuff. And so, and so one of the things I think about is when you're partnering with somebody and collaborating with an artist, we are collaborating with somebody who actually makes this stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you view yourself in that collaboration? Like, what are you, do you feel like it's adding to, is it, um, broadening or sharing their work like what is what is the how do you think about it that is an awesome question you i know you hear that a lot um the way i approach it is um everybody needs to understand what we're doing to begin with um you know sometimes we won't even throw out clothes yet we'll just say hey um Let's say if I pro- approached a designer that, and I'm like, you know, um, I've seen your work. I want to, I'd love to shoot it. I want to do something moody in the middle of the desert, for example, um, but don't have a lot more detail than that. But it's, you know, it's going to represent there's a current event if it's if it's somebody's strength, that whatever it is, get on the same wavelength, um, and then after that, there's there's a lot of conversation between um, that designer. The model, you choose a model that represents that and that you know will understand. Um, And the makeup artist. So I I will choose teams that uh, I put together because I know they all understand the same thing. And when you put them together in a room, um, they don't even have to talk because it's like they know. know, And I'm really good at that. If there's one strength I have, it's assembling that team that knows how to put it together. Right. And can agree and and move forward on on creating these 
looks consistently, you know, get six or seven different shots over there that all say the same message. You got this editorial spread. Um, after that agreement, um, anything else on top of that is icing on the cake. I um I actually take a backseat in a shoot. I'm not one of those people that dive in and like, okay, do this, do this pose. I I think that ruins it. You know, I do like to to let the the model once they understand what's happening, lead it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will often follow that model. Um, kind of channel them. If you if you see um a a model and photography team when they're in a good um um cadence it'll actually look like a dance that you're like, how did they choreograph that? Because there'll be a rhythm and the photographer will get down low when the model's getting down low and it'll happen almost simultaneously. Right. Um, And I don't want to interrupt that. I'll follow that. It it sucks sometimes when I have to say, oh God, let's stop. I want to check what we shot just because, uh, you know, our lighting might be off. We might've moved off so, so far of it. Right. from it that we need to check that sort of thing but um generally i will only interrupt somebody for that reason and when i'm like that shot we just did would be a winner if we just tweaked your hand positions or something like that right um aside from that i i like to to let the the models run it okay no that's great one i i i don't know if you see me looking right past the screen but i have your website pulled up and I'm exactly <laughs> it's right behind your head right um, on my other monitor. One of the things that I, um, I mean, this is just so fantastical. I think what happens a lot of times is that when I, when you think of, I think what, first of all, if you're listening to this listener, stop what you're doing and go click the link in the show notes and go look at Tom's work because you need to you need to have some frame of reference for all of this. One of the things that is is wild is there there is a bunch of great you know you have this whole section on runway you know fashion where we we've got photos of of people in fashion shows, but there's a whole bunch of work that is just super conceptual. Some of it is like really weird composite work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some of it is really beautiful. Um, you know, shaped lighting. Um, I mean, almost all of this, you're, you're using really aggressive, con, you know, contrasted light. But I think that when I'm, when I'm looking at these, I guess this is my, where I'm going with this. I'd love to know, cause I've seen a little bit of this, how much of these looks when I'm looking through this thing, how much of this is stuff that you have pre-planned and how much of this is spontaneous? Because you mentioned following the lead of of your model, mm-hmm. you know, probably I'm guessing you sometimes have your designers there um, as well. And I I'm just super curious, like what is it? What goes into planning these 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 types of fantastical compositions? Question number one: How much of it is planned, and how much of it is spontaneous? I I think if you if you asked the team after we came out with the edit images, how much of it was planned. They'd say everything. They would say, yep, that was our goal for everything. If you ask them, which one did you actually predict would work? Maybe one out of five would, would fall into that category where we're like, we'd, we'd make a sketch, 
you know, we want something with the sun directly behind you. We want you on a tank, you know, um, you know, one of those, one or two of those would be the things that we wanted to get. The others were along that line and it doesn't matter what you produce. It's that feel that you end up with. Right. Um, and I, and I think in the teams that I work with, that's the most important thing. It's, it's, did we produce that feel? Cause you right. can produce that feel in, in a bathroom and in the desert and on the ocean. And you do this. If, if you're all, um, clear about that message it doesn't really matter where you do it what they're wearing it's right. you're going to get that message across okay so if i were going to just to to dig in here and kind of i'm going to pick one here okay there's maybe the, we'll go two and take a look at what you're yeah so i'm i'm on your i'm on the photography and there's just the fashion uh tab okay and i mean just to make this simple the opening um image in the grid which is this beautiful blonde woman with a green dress in front of a like a porthole in front of a blue and white mm-hmm. and i'm colorblind too i always thought that was gray <laughs> oh no it's it's a it's like a super deep emerald green okay wow uh which which is really cool because the the contrast between that and what and the cloudy uh, beautiful sky that's happening or the kind of broken clouds is mm-hmm. really amazing this is the most, I mean, like, I'm just looking at this and thinking from a spatial standpoint, like, how do you even conceptualize what this is going to be? I would love to know if you wouldn't mind walking through the process. Like, how did you create this? Where did the idea come from? How much of it was planned up front? How much of it was like, oh, I could do something cool with it in post once you were done shooting it? I, I just don't, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of this is honestly um, post so this was the shoot with um, a designer from Puerto Rico. And um, I think we, th- we shot three different outfits. And this, this model works a lot uh, like I do in that there's a lot about the feel. Um, she put on this dress and she created a character. Um, and this cr- character was very melancholic. It was something she was feeling on that day. Um, and I actually hadn't used this photo until maybe about seven months later after we'd been in lockdown for about two months. That's when the pandemic mm. started. Sure. And I hadn't shot for two months. So I'm going through saying, what can I play with? And I saw this and it has such a feeling of loneliness um, that I'll say it. It's, it's horrible to say it, uh, but it came natural to me, naturally to me that the shape of her dress and I long, I elongated and turned it into a uh, kind of like a triangle over here. Right. Um, kind of reminds me of a keyhole. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Locked inside our, our caves for so long. And yet we're, we're dying to get, to go out and uh, experience this beauty that you see outside. Um, and so I created this background and when I popped her in front of it, it was like, there's the keyhole. Um, and it feels like to me she's she's been inside there forever, but still has the strength um, to keep getting ready to go out there. Right? She hasn't lost right. hope. Oh, it's what's well, and it's really cool because the longer I look at, it, as soon as you said key, all of a mm-hmm. sudden <clears throat> the dress turned into like the shaft of the key for me, three three D. But then you and you see her and she's kind of like the sh- the shape is kind of right, but then 
but then it changes and it's no longer on that plane. All of a sudden there she is. And it's like this, there's this weird perspective blending. It almost reminds me of like the, the way that um, like inception, the way that it kind of, everything curves. Mm. So this mm. is a little bit weird, but it feels like you're on this flat plane as opposed moving to moving in. Yeah. yeah. And then I think but, it's the way that I, that I morphed her dress Yeah, uh, because I, I stretched it both ways. Um, and because the texture there at the bottom is bigger than the texture there at the top, it's kind of yeah. like a roadway as you view the. Oh no, it's great. It's great. It's great. What is, what, j- just cause this is something I'm always curious about. I don't do a lot of, um, composite work, but I'm, I'm guessing that the, the hole with the ring is not a thing she was standing in front of. Correct. So uh, what, th- what is that? What is this thing? Um, it's a porthole. Well, part of it is a po- porthole. And then I extended, um, the, the space around it. Um, yeah. and I, I copied and pasted the texture over and over again, and then kind of gave it a fade. So it looked more like the, the light was coming through the porthole. Yeah. Oh man, this is really cool. No, I, this, I, I could just go back through this grid and I could, I could ask you about all of these, but I think this is a good example of, uh, of taking, I mean, there's all kinds of other ones that are not as manipulated, I think is a oh, way to put it. Or you would think, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, some of these are a little more straightforward. They're, they're yeah. like, they're, they're really clean lighting and, um, it's dramatic lighting, but, but they're a little more you know, a little more straightforward. Like, okay. Like there's one of these in here. Um, there's a woman in a really beautiful kind of a, kind of a metallic, uh, a dress that's kind of metallic on the top. And then the bottom is kind of a sheer fabric and it's in front of the U S bank building. Ah, I think that's one that I, that I, uh, talked to you about my first fashion shoot. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and that's with the, the dudes in the white t-shirts. Yes. And the reason I recognize this, I actually worked for U.S. Bank for quite a few years. Oh. <laughs> so I have, <laughs> hey. I, have, I have been in and out of that door many, many times. Yeah, this is, this is that first fashion shoot that I told you about where I'm like, I want to work with that designer. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, and then you can imagine after I created these, I'm like, wow, I can shoot fashion. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, this is, that's great. And this seems like it's a little more... A little more straightforward. Hey, we're yes. we're, sh- we're shooting this. Everybody's actually here. Right. This is a this is a real environment. Um, yeah, but uh, I love that, and I think that th- there's just an, an, a a pretty pretty epic attention to detail in all of these, which is which is pretty cool. Thanks. But yeah, that's that's something that I cannot um, stop, and I learned that from another photographer um, who earlier on uh, caught one of my photos and said. That's a really good photo, but her necklace is all crooked. <laughs> yeah, and says so you can't get away with that, and so I've never forgot that. So I don't know if you, if you find that this is how you operate, but I almost all of my Photoshop skills I learned by correcting my own mistakes. What so, do you mean? Um, I would go and I would be shooting something for a client, mm-hmm. and I'd and I'd get home and realize that you know the necklaces, you know. Like, I mean, a good, good example. They have a, they have a pendant on, but then the clasp is like, has drifted all the way to the front and the clasp mm-hmm. is right next to the pendant. Stump, something like that, which is like, well, that's kind of dumb. And so you just learn, oh yeah, I'll clone stamp that out. Right. Right. And then you start to realize, oh no, there's like a hair that's drifting across a intricate pattern on some clothes. Yeah. And it's a, there's you know, a and thread that's hanging out over here. And exactly. And oh, so you, yeah. you just start learning how to correct these little, these little mistakes and. 
And then now that's a tool that you've got for future shoots. I mean, you know, you, you can, you can actually plan and use and like every once in a while I'll have somebody show up and their clothes won't fit quite right. Like I'll do headshots and somebody will show up and a woman will, you know, will have a, a really broad neck, an open neck on the shirt and then mm-hmm. didn't wear the right bra. And so you go, well, okay, we can't get it to work right without a bra strap showing, but it's really easy to fix that in Photoshop if you know what you're doing. Right. And so right. you can just go, uh, don't worry about it. I'll fix it. And you can just clone <laughs> the other side and just repair it. <laughs> Copy it over and flip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's what, that's kind of what I meant by that. Um, so this is, this is great. So this is when I'm looking at this work, I there's, it's very specific. And then you also have a, a pretty broad range of other stuff here. You have a whole bunch of street photography as well. And one of the things that's, that's kind of interesting is that I can see a th- there's a definite thread so that even though these aren't as intentional in terms of you didn't, you know, you didn't bring the model out there and you didn't put a fancy, you know, designer's dress on these people, uh, these look remarkably similar in terms of the whole vibe and feel. And I'd love for you to tell me what, why do you think that's the case? It's, it's, it's in the fingers, right? <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Um, another thing we share is where you're a lot better than I am, am and undoubtedly on guitars, but, um, you know, I, I hear the, the question that a lot of guitarists ask is like, how do I get that personal signature in there? How do people recognize when I play that it's Tom Lupton? And the answer that I heard from God, was it Nile Rogers? Is uh you you can't escape it. Allow yourself to do that. You know, um I learned on early on, shoot exactly what you love to shoot. Um and I and I think that's the answer. I've I've you you have a very interesting observation tonight. I've never really uh realized that that it's it's all the same thing. Um actually at one point I did, Dan, um when I was uh, branching off in, into fashion. And, um, you know, I was talking to designers about, I was actually escalating up with shooting like better and better designers who started saying, well, what you're shooting isn't, isn't, um, editorial. It's not fashion. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but it's what I want to shoot. Uh, you know, which is why I think I spent a lot of time talking to other other design designers that felt that had the same aesthetic that I had. You know, a little bit of grit in there. It's yeah. beautiful, but it's also it's dirty, um, and and allowed this part, this street f- photography, to to creep into that, and um, and that kind of turned that kind of stigma to what I do in the fashion world to acceptable. And then after a while, it kind of became the, the, the cool thing. I don't know if it's still the cool thing, but, um, I, no, yeah, it's def- but I definitely cool. Yeah. Well, I so, saw, and one, there's one thing that a word you've used a couple times, mm. uh, gritty. And mm. that's one of the things that I'm, that I'm noticing. That's a common theme. There's, there's a couple different things here. The mm. first one is that, there's a there are many many textures so it's i think sometimes you look at you can look at some people's photography and it's very minimalist you know where it's lots of um where there's maybe not a lot of textures where where mm. it's it's very homogenous across the frame or there's like a, a single item and then everything is 
you know, a clean gradient or something like that. And one of the things that I find interesting here is as I look through your work, almost all of it leans into these, these really gritty is a great word for it, but you lean into these dark contrasty sorts of, you know, textures. And I, and I, and not to say that that's always the case, but it feels like if you can if you can grab a gritty texture, you lean into it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I I think that comes out from my colorblindness colorblindness that I I see the textures, I don't see the colors. Yeah. So I tend to okay. Another uh, fact about me is my first art class was when I think I was about seven or eight and my mom dropped me off in a cartooning class where i learned how to accentuate things okay um it was you know i I distinctly remember the teacher saying find out those one two three uh unique things about that person and accentuate those well literally when you're drawing big ears right big eyes whatever um but when it comes to photography it's it's me asking okay what is it that's interesting to me about this person for example Mm -hmm. What is it that interests me in that? Um, and how do I accentuate that? Right. Uh, so there's this, if you're still looking at with that one page, um, there's a lady down here at the bottom and I l- later showed her this one picture. She was walking by and, and so something like, oh, look at me. I'm some supermodel. Um, but y- you have a second to, to gauge this person and, and take that shot, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you can't call them back and say, "Hey, do that again." Right. Um, so it's 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 developing that skill to quickly assess somebody, or at least what your interpretation of them is, uh, and figure out how do I accentuate that? How do I focus that on that? Is it zooming in on that? Is it decreasing your f stop so that's the only thing in focus? Is it putting it in the light? That sort of thing. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a really great approach. Is it's that you're 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 working with what you're. It's kind of the idea of found found artistry. Mm. Like you just take the thing you have and you go, okay, how can I best develop this into something that's like show the show the more prof, the most profound version of it. Yeah, Maybe that's a way to think about. It. Very very much. How do you find the beauty in in something or someone? And well, I, th- I think that's why I shoot with a lot of different kinds of people too. Yeah. Um, because I will honestly find, I mean, the, there's the, the street guy over here in that Superman outfit. That guy was like the coolest looking guy ever um, that a lot of people would just pass by. Um, but recognize that, recognize the beauty in, in, in a person and, and know how to, to pull that off, right? Yeah, exactly. And that beauty okay. is different for everyone. Right, right. Well, no, I, I think that's uh, that's something that I've I've done some street photography myself, and it, yeah, it's yeah. always it's always interesting to kind of think about. Uh, I think people t- tend to lean like that's one of those things. Street photography, black and white, gritty, kind of is a that's a thing, and I think a lot of people lean into that almost yeah. not not as a crutch necessarily, but just as a stylistic. Um, you know, like that's a thing you can do, right? You can, oh, let's make it black and white and we'll lean into making it gritty. But I think it's one of the things I'm noticing in these is that it's it's not always, you didn't just always just crank the clarity slider here. I mean, this is, there's there's more, way more to it than this. You're really judicious with how you're using color and 
some of these color images are way grittier than the black and whites than the traditional black and white street stuff Hmm. which is kind of cool like in some ways the there's almost like a sepia sort of a tone but it's still color does that make sense and I, 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 I think so. <laughs> and I, and I, di- I dig it. I dig it. There's a, quite a few in here where it's, it's like halfway between black and white and color. So yeah, very cool. So when you, you, you talked about that you've worked through over time, finding different kinds of people to collaborate with, what is that process like for you? And the reason I'm asking is because I think that a lot of times, you know, like a landscape photographers, they just go, I just will go be out in nature and I'll take pictures, you know, to find the thing I want to take pictures of. And that's a, that's a certain kind of discipline, a certain kind of thing. Yeah. And there's other people who, you know, they're, um, they are working with, um, you know, they're shooting product or still life and things like that. And that's its own thing working with models and and working with designers and just different collaborative you know kinds of people that is a skill that not everybody has and i'm i'm really curious is that something that came has always come natural to you is it something you had to develop uh, because oh, it's something i had to develop yeah let's let's unpack that a little bit i want to know <laughs> <laughs> um so I've, I've actually had a very unusual career and I'm, I'm, I think naturally, uh, very much an introvert and shy, but I got into broadcasting pretty early on. I stayed there for a long time and got to be, to be known, um, pretty much for that. And my personalities that I present over there are, you know, uh, well, were, um, very excitable, friendly. I mean, literally man on the street would go up to people and, and talk to right. them and do that sort of thing. So I, I guess that sort of trained me to, to do that. Right. Um, and I'm glad that I did. Otherwise I'd still be this little wall, wallflower going, excuse me. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, what, and what well, is the, do, do you mind actually unpacking the, what it, what did you do? What was the experience? Um, so I started, uh, when I graduated high school, I did radio and I did that for, I think like seven years. Um, along that, uh, trip, I also ended up hosting some TV shows This is in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've won awards for radio and TV and, uh, and then I got into modeling, but I think I started getting into modeling more as a, um, uh, kind of like a celebrity. Okay. And, um, but it did take me somewhere. I, I was a like a uh, what's the the word for the a signature model for Levi's back in oh, like, okay yeah the late eighties or early nineties something like that, um, which taught me how to to pose you know yeah. and it taught me what lights are, are like and that sort of thing exactly. Um, but I digress from the actual uh objective that i'm trying to talk about which is how do you approach those those people and, and talk well no them? i totally i totally steered you that way because i was oh, curious you did. like okay yeah, so you, I, mean, fault, yeah. I mean you talked okay. about radio and i'm like okay i gotta know i gotta know about that yeah but, you did radio right no huh no. um i was a music major in college and was in a performing saxophone or clarinet. i i played saxophone yeah right. saxophone was my primary instrument um all the way through and then i picked up guitar somewhere in the middle there yeah. And if you're a music major, you can't pick up guitar and not, you know, like I couldn't just learn some chords. I had to dig in. So I took some classical and some jazz uh, lessons 
and then ended up being in a band and trying to be a rock star and it didn't really turn out. But, um, yeah, so I have spent a lot of time on stage and I'm pretty comfortable. Like I, most people are afraid you of public get speaking back into that. Dad. Well, I'm actually going to go, um, in the next few weeks, one of my best friends who actually was in the band with me has a whole recording studio. And so we're going to go and we're going to start fiddling around and recording some stuff. So, all right, we'll Welcome see where it back. goes. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> I think I think we're going to start with re-recording some of the songs that we recorded before. So oh. we'll see what it sounds like 20 years later. But anyway. You, then your modern selves can own that copyright instead of your 20-year-old selves. Yeah, we're going to pull a Taylor Swift, right? The right. <laughs> Taylor's version. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's version. Well, anyway, no, I steer joy from there. So, but you, you were, we were talking about how you got comfortable with approaching people and, and to, to collaborate with. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, thank God for, for Facebook because, um, I don't know, I, I can tell those kind of people that, um, would appreciate the same sort of thing that I do. Um, so I think when I started a lot of the people I, I approached were on Facebook and, and say, this might be kind of weird. Um, Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, how much success did I actually have that doing that? Because it was probably kind of weird. <laughs> um, a little social anyway. media stalking. Yeah, right. But um, I think long story short, as time goes by, you develop um, a big enough per- portfolio and, and large enough uh, or good enough reputation. And, and a re- reputation is somebody who's not going to do be a creeper exactly (laughs) yeah um that you know people are generally approach some people now and they're like yeah heck yeah um it's harder during the pandemic um but uh yeah at least when i before i i stopped during the pandemic it was like i could snap my fingers and you know right (laughs) get the right people over here um you know and know the right people and and i think knowing uh a lot of people in the industry is important for, for all of the roles, not only the photographer, but the models, makeup artists, the designers, the set designers, uh, everybody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's, it's become something that you developed that you've developed kind of a network and a reputation and you have a body of work that makes it a lot easier at this point to say, Hey, I do this. Do you want to do this with me? Right. A little more straightforward now. Yeah. Um, I, I would guess there's probably some level of, do you still have times when you reach out and you're, and you're nervous? Like where you feel like you have to kind of sell them on the idea of it? I actually don't think so at this okay. point. <laughs> well, congratulations then. That's good. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the challenge for me is, and I mean, I know this sounds awful and I'll probably hate myself for ever saying it. Um, but the challenge is for me, it's, is it somebody that I trust enough that if I do reach out, um, it won't cause trouble, you know, it's okay. not going to be somebody who's going to, um, you know, be a diva or, or do other things that would, um, misrepresent the bad, the brands that we're trying to, to promote, for example, or misrepresent my brand. Um, you know, no, I make that totally makes sense. So, um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but how much of this, of the photography work that you're doing, especially when you're working with designers, 
how much of that is you know basically client work where they are going to turn around and use it for promoting what they do mm-hmm. the the fashion work is all client work yeah um and i actually it's funny i i realized today that i have not really shot any art art for a while um i've been able to use some of the photos that i've shot for designers in creating uh you know the digital digitally manipulated art but i haven't um actually like come up with a concept um untrue that's shooting the desert okay yeah um I mean, I I had actually never met JD before that, um, and it's like I really need to shoot something. Um, and uh, my Dan, my friend Dan Webb, who you met, he's yeah, uh, yeah he's got some uh, dresses left over f- uh, from a shoot that um, the designer uh, gave to him, and um, we thought, okay, that'll be a good warm up. So those were actually the warm up, and then that. <laughs> what do you call that? The space blanket shoot was the actual, you know, yeah. thing that I wanted to get. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I had a great time doing that, getting that feeling of just creating, putting together something really weird and making it look <laughs> magnificent, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and I think, so to give people context and I'll have to, uh, I don't often put photos in the show notes, but I think I will for this one. Uh, what we're talking about. So first of all, um, uh, Jade owns and her husband own the field station, which is a restaurant, gas station, hotel that's the nearest thing to the Alvord Desert. So it's about the nearest 20, thing but, to heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about There's twenty. No takes. <laughs> so it's about twenty miles from the Alvord uh, Playa, where we, we that we both love, and she is an ultra marathoner, um, a mom, uh, basically uh, runs the you know the the restaurant and all the stuff that's happening there along with her husband and she rocked absolutely rocked this photo shoot and i i just have to apologize tom that i never gave you any of the video that i took and i i do need to get that to you because it is it's really cool i just haven't edited it well i the pandemic has been weird because it, it keeps throwing work at me that i'm like okay i actually have to do this paid work um, and so oh, I have, well, <laughs> so I have, yeah, so I have video sitting on a hard drive that I just haven't really done anything with yet, but this was like, it was super cool. And to give some context and I, we have, I have some video and some stills of this, but you had a Hertz rental truck out there, right? Is it Hertz? Yeah. 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 And so that this was, episode is brought to you by, <laughs> yeah, there we go. And it was you guys were using that as kind of like your backstage, right? You know, go and she go change, change into in change outfits. Yeah. And then she'd come out and we'd be like, okay, now let's create this weird dress out of the space blanket thing. And yeah. okay, now we got to pin this part up and okay, well, let's make some adjustments here. And then you had all kinds of crazy steampunk goggles and really, really cool um, props and umbrellas and, all this stuff. It was fantastic. And I loved yeah, and watching. We, and we made all that up. Like Cindy brought yeah, yeah. the, uh, brought the goggles and the hats and, uh, yep, yep. I, I brought the umbrella in case it rained and yeah. But what, I, what I thought was kind of fascinating and, and this is why I'm bringing it up and you mentioned, Oh yeah, I, it hasn't been that long. I've did, I've done a project. Hmm. 
it was really fascinating to watch the process, to watch you work through this to, and also, and this is kind of something we haven't really talked about at all, but Dan, right? Dan Webb. Mm-hmm. I hadn't met Dan before that, although I realize we have run in the same circles quite a bit. We've got some mutual friends. And it was really interesting watching the two of you assist each other and 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 collaborate. So even more than the collaboration we've talked about between models and designers and everything, but watching the two of you kind of trade off with, okay, here's my idea. Here's what I'm going to shoot. Okay, cool. I'll assist you. And then okay, now I want to shoot this. And then we, you, you would just like swap hats and, yeah. and Dan would take over and start shooting. And then you'd start assisting and moving stuff around for him. That's pretty cool too. Is that something that you, that you guys do quite often? Is it something that's, that was new for you? It, it is something that we do. Um, yeah. and it, it, it takes a while to, to develop that cadence with, with, people you work with, uh, especially like co-photographers as well, um, you know, and there's always a stigma of, oh my God, I'm, I'm the light carrier, you know, <laughs> people are going to know me as a light carrier, um, you know, but I, I, I do the same for him. I, I, I attend his shoots and, and we'll, we'll carry the lights and, um, and get my feet wet in, in the river. Um, but, but, but I think it's that mutual respect that's that's really important, right? right. You know, it's understanding and knowing each other uh, enough to know when, okay, I need some time out just so I can think and, um, you know, kind of regroup and plan versus I'm all out. Can you dive in and, and, and throw in some ideas? Sure. Um, I'll tell you a secret. One of the things that I that I will do from time to time is I'll I'll tweak the lights or I'll go and get a different prop just to give myself a chance to think. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot going there's a lot of decisions you have to make, right? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and I'll do that and and Dan knows um, you know, use that time to check the the model's makeup and uh, you know, maybe plan the next set, that sort of thing. We are used to working in a very um time sensitive uh, frame, time frame because you're you're waiting for the you know the studio time you don't want it to run out and um so it, it's pretty efficient yeah how much of the of the work that you do like I'm you know I'm I've kind of I've clicked back to you know kind of your the portraits um and and fashion area here how much of this is done in a studio environment and and how much of it is is you know, more, more found environments or that sort of thing. Um, there was a time when most, if not everything I was doing was done in the studio. Um, if you look on the, on the portraits page, uh, I think 95% are actually uh, in a studio okay. versus other things over here. I was shooting a wedding. Um, there's somebody caught in a, in a comic con. Um, and I'm I'm guessing, just because of some of the people I'm seeing here, it looks like maybe Cobalt. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what are the people that trigger the co- Cobalt for you? How could you recognize Pre- that? Previous owner. Oh, oh, he's in the top Bill. row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it turned I, out that's Tammy's favorite photo. Okay. She shared nice. that one. She's like, I don't know who took this photo, but but this is my favorite photo of Bill. I'm like. Yeah, I think I took that and dug it up, and like I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and Which I made me feel great. Yeah, no, that's great. I actually just did a shoot there like a week and a half ago. Oh, uh, which I don't do a lot of studio work. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, I do a lot of product studio work, but I do it at my own home. Um, That's great. I have a little, I just have a, I basically take over the whole downstairs family room and <laughs> create an environment like this. But this one required a lot more uh, space and uh, multiple colored backdrops. So I was like, I think I'm just going to get a studio space for that. The, the the funny thing about your photography um, for me is your lighting is not obvious. It it always looks great, but but it always looks like how did you find such great lighting for that? You know? <laughs> but I mean, do, do you do you create it or it kind of depends? You... Yeah, I, mean, I think I think it depends a lot. Like I don't know, is there anything specific that you're kind of referencing? Like everything, I, there's in in a restaurant. I had there's this guy with a barrel. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can tell you about that one. Okay. Um, so um, hang on one sec, Tom. AZ, what do you need? He's at Seth's house. Right here. <laughs> Sorry, my daughter's like, where's Gavin? I'm like, uh, he's Then I'll gone. take a swig of beer. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. I've got the cider going on, on my end. Nice. Um, okay, so that particular photo um, is a gentleman that's named Bertoni Fauston. And he is the first documented black winemaker in Oregon. Oh, yeah. And he has a um, a wine uh, a winery that is I want I always forget it's like Banks North North Plain North Plains okay. uh, out in like Hillsboro area. And we had some mutual friends, and I I had seen some snapshots of him, and I'm like that is like the hugest like big like just a really big buff black man like the metaphor of the barrel was perfect to shoot him with yeah yeah and so what's what's crazy though is that so he is in the photo he's wearing like carhartt overalls mm-hmm. he's actually i don't know sponsor's not quite the right word he's an ambassador for carhartt um they, they've seen him in their gear enough times they reached out and were like hey we need you to we need you to do this. <laughs> we need you to, we just need you to be an ambassador. So he's the epitome of like big burly dude Yeah. who, and he's got like, he has like these really beautiful tattoos and he's actually Haitian is, is, is his, hmm. um, his ethnic background, but just a fascinating individual. And so when I went out there, I just reached out and said, Hey, I'd love to make some photos. Um, can I come and, and make portraits for you? And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. And so, um, it was, that was for a personal project. I came out to his, uh, tasting room and we, we lit it. And the way that it's set up is it's lit with a, like a 32 inch softbox okay. um, on a, like a 400, exactly like 600 watt strobe, um, like just off on one side. And then I have, I think there's a, there's a speed light with a, um, with a grid on it that's hitting the background just to get the barrels to do the, just the right things. Mm, yeah. The, I, I remember the texture in those barrels. So yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> what a decision to make, but <laughs> to notice that and say, yeah, that's what I want. What I, well, and it's, I it's, it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the, one of my goals, and, and I'll, I'll say this because I look at, when I'm looking at your, your work, I love the dramatic lighting. It's, it's very much a look and it's more like, Oh yeah, there's lighting here and it's, we're not trying to hide it. Right. Mm. And I think a lot of times like my client work is, is meant to be a little bit less dramatic in some ways. 
Right. And and so the goal is that you want it to you want it to be like this is lit well, but almost like there's a window there. There's, an, there's what? Sorry. Like there's a window there. Like that's yeah. kind of my goal is that it doesn't look obvious that there's a big strobe and a big giant softbox there, but that you would go, oh, hey, this looks, looks like a beautiful afternoon in this wine studio, this, in this in this wine tasting room. And I don't want it to be immediately obvious where the light's coming from. Well, it it, it worked. And and you do that consistently. I mean, I, I would pinpoint that as your style. Thanks. I mean, that's that's one of those things that I, I don't even know where I picked it up exactly. Um, but I've noticed that enough times I've had people say, okay, when you're looking at photography, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm always looking for the catch lights to see if I can figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because if you if you look in people's eyes, you can almost always figure out what the light source is or where it's coming yeah. from. Yeah. Here's a little weird anecdotal side thing. Um, have you seen the movie Knives Out? Yes. Okay. So um, one of the things that's kind of crazy about that movie is that there's a behind the scenes uh, film, or maybe it's just a blog post with the director of photography, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I'll have to look it up. But it's a Ryan Johnson film. So Ryan Johnson um, also made, um, he's made a whole bunch of just amazing movies, but, you know, Star Wars most recently. But um, um, I'm trying to pull a blank here. I'm going to have to edit around myself here. Um, It's not Inception. It is um, Looper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ryan Johnson made Looper as well. Very different styles in there though. Mm-hmm. And then, um, uh, the middle star Wars movie, um, um, the, <laughs> the middle, the third tenor. Yeah. Um, I, I actually really like it, but it's, it's the, uh, the middle one. Um, the last Jedi, I think is that right? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, they I actually put in one of the star Wars movies yesterday, actually episode one. And after like, I think seven minutes, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Oh, the phantom menace. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you just got to turn that off. Um, no, and I was talking about the newer, the, all the newer yeah. ones. Um, right. Yeah, what is it? The Force Awakens, the, I can't remember. It's not The Last Jedi. Anyway, it's, the it's, second one. Yeah. Ryan Johnson made the second one. So here's the thing. There's this really amazing cinematographer. I think he, he might be the DP, actually. And he was had this whole blog post about how they made these fancy covers for their soft lights for their, for their soft boxes mm-hmm. that have stenciled window frames on them. Hmm. So when you see the reflection in the character's eyes, you can't tell it's a soft box. It just looks like there's a window there. Slick. Yeah. So <laughs> wow. like, isn't that crazy? Like I would never think that I would never, that would never come into my brain to think to do something like that. But that's the kind of stuff that I always think about is mm-hmm. how do I, what would it, what would it really feel like? How would, how would the light, you know, maybe you're creating a window where there's no window, but how would you do that? And so you have to think about, okay, how far back do you need to be? So, because if it's too close, then it'll be a, a, a small, too small of a point of light and the light will be too harsh. And if you pull it back further, you might be able to get a much more soft sort of a vibe that will feel like a window, that sort of thing. Yeah, and and that's how you're able to get, to make it really feel like an environmental portrait. Oh yeah, I yeah, I I would not be able to to get there. I would immediately go in there and say, "Yeah, light goes about over here to the to the person I'm shooting," without 
I've never given a thought to that. If if this was a window, what would it look like? Yeah. Well, shame it, on me, Lupton. <laughs> well, and I think see now that we've talked about it though, then literally the next time you put up a light, you're going to stop and go, yeah. oh, what would it be like? And this is this is a little bit. I think this translates well to other kinds of photography. So I also do a lot of you know, like Milky Way nighttime sorts of yeah. work, and I I think that it's interesting when. If you think about composites in that world, or if you think about just how you edit those, a lot of times, you know, if you're used to thinking about direction, the direction of light, then it will become immediately obvious when the light's coming from the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you go, okay, Milky Way's up here, that if there's no moon in the sky, then the light should, there should be a cast coming from the Milky Way that lights things this way. But if you're using a, a like a blue hour shot from when the sun was up on the other side, Mm-hmm. It could, it can do these weird things where like the shadows are facing the wrong direction. You know, I mean, in real life that could happen. Well, I mean, I'm just saying like, if you tried to blend two images together yeah, 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 and you don't think about the way the direction the light's coming from, it can cause these weird things where there's like a, there's like a disconnect yep. and you're like, something feels wrong here, but I can't tell you what it is. Right. Well, I feel, I, I feel that way about portrait work when I, when I, when the lighting is wrong. And so I, th- I think that's a way to go way to think about it. And then also it's just, it's interesting to also think about how the temperature of light can also really affect things. Do you use gels? I was going to ask you. Thanks for bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do, but I don't, I I think there's this kind of old school, um, people use these, like these CTO gels and- Mm -hmm, That's what I was expecting. Like just go, and I don't, I actually don't use uh, warming and and cooling gels um, to like correct um, to match what I have done is I use the more like dramatic, um, I've used the blues, the reds, the purples, um, for more, for more of a dramatic effect. I don't have a lot of that in my portfolio. It's mostly stuff that I've kind of, it's stuff I've kept for myself or I've used it in like really, really subtle ways to just kind of shape the overall tonality of, of the light. But I don't, I don't use it a ton. Um, but one of the things I have done some is I have some LED panels that are bicolor mm-hmm. that allow that allow you to change the the warmth, so you can go all the way from like crazy blue all the way to like uh, kind of an orangish color. Yeah. So I do that. I'll do that fairly often. I'll just like, hey, something's not quite right here, and I'll just stick a an LED in the back and light up a wall and make it just a little bit a little bit warmer, something like that. Do Do, do you shoot with continuous lights more often than strobes? No, I actually shoot um, mostly with strobes. And then I'll just throw LEDs in to just change the color sometimes. Ah, uh, yeah. But I've been using lights. Uh, I actually, it's kind of funny you were talking about being the guy who holds lights. I've actually been assisting a really young photographer um, over the last few weeks on a video set, which has been really interesting because I'm out there setting up these big, these really cool aperture LED panels. Yeah. And then we've got all this crazy, you know, we've got all this stuff going, and I'm totally used to strobes, so it's. It's a learning process and it's fun because I'm 46 and he's 23. So right. I'm learning all kinds of cool stuff from him. He actually went to college to, to learn how all this stuff works. So he understands everything, uh, everything from a, from a academic standpoint. And I'm, it's a little trial by fire, yeah. but, but it's been really fun. Um, but yeah, so I kind of like, I kind of like going both ways. I have the, I have some LEDs and then I've got a whole bunch of strobes as well. And I, I kind of lean into the strobes for most of it. How much do you approach your lighting from an academic standpoint versus this could work? And if not, we'll tweak it. 
Well, okay. So that, I think that's a really interesting question because I think a lot of people approach lighting, you know, they come in and they want to meter the scene and think about exactly how, like, okay, the light, this scene is F, you know, F 16, you know, they'll be like, here's, here's what the actual exposure value is for this scene. And, and then if we add in this light, we can, we can compensate and add like a third of stop here. And I don't do that. So I'm very much a turn the camera on, get all dialed in on, you know, think about, do you want ambient? Do you want any ambient light in your scene? Are you going to use it at all? If I'm going to use ambient, then I'll dial in my ambient first Mm -hmm. and then I'll add the strobes in afterward. But sometimes like when I'm doing product photography, I'm not using any ambient light. I'm creating all of the light that I'm using. And, and the same with a lot of like your, a lot of your dramatic portraits, I can see there's, these are almost dark environments and you're, and you're creating all the light. So for me, what I almost always do is start with zero and, and, and take an additive approach as opposed to just winging it. Like I don't, I don't just often walk in and go, ah, I think it'll be like, you know, half power and I'll just kind of try it. No, I usually will dial in ambient first and kind of figure out what the ambient light looks like. And then I'll know that, okay, if it's totally dark, I'll know how I'm going to add the light to it. Right. But it is kind of a trial and error thing, but that's for that reason, I don't usually use TTL at all. I'm yeah. I've never used totally TTL. Totally <laughs> manual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I learned almost all of my lighting. Well, I shouldn't say I learned all. I started learning lighting from uh, strobist, uh, David hobby. I don't know if you've, if you've seen his stuff at all, but, no, if you haven't, it's, down. yeah, look him up. It's, uh, I think it's strobist. Just look up strobist and David hobby. Okay. He, he has a weird, his website has a weird, it's like strobist at blogspot or dot blogspot. That sounds familiar. I might've, yeah, I might follow him. He's a photojournalist, um, from the Midwest. And I don't remember exactly where, like, is he from like Detroit area? You know, I don't, I'm not sure if it's Detroit or I want to say like Ohio. I mean, it's, it's somewhere okay. in the Midwest. And he worked for a newspaper for a long time, but he has this great tutorial on his website and it literally walks you through <clears throat> starting from a single speed light, a stand and an umbrella. Oh, and great. how do you just begin to assemble light? And so I learned everything. I, I shouldn't say that. I, I didn't learn everything from him, but I learned the approach from how he does it, which is figure out your ambient and then build from there. And so a lot of times what he'll do is it's this is like really key it's bright circumstance with a blown out sky but you still want to have your you know you want to overpower the sun and have a dramatic background well how are you going to do speed that high speed sync yeah yeah and and yet when he starts he's like here's your speed light you don't have high speed sync so figure oh. it out so figure it out you know like you might need some nd filters or you know yeah he's starting you from like bare bones you have a, literally a speed light and umbrella figure it out from there it's cool it does it you appreciate the tools because you've been forced to learn how to do it with crap tools (laughs) yeah and so you have to learn how to use them and then and then somebody goes oh by the way here's a 500 watt strobe and it you know has high speed sync you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore yeah yeah i i i I find those cheap like speed lights i've got what what are those a young nuo um i use those more often than anything Mm -hmm. um 
I can drop them and Dan can drop them, Dan Webb, um, and uh, they'll keep going and going. And sometimes they'll make really awful noises, uh, but they still work and they give decent light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of those things that's interesting is there's so many, you know, when you, whenever you start looking at lighting gear, there's all this crazy amount of, you know, reviews people do of the quality of the light and the, mm -hmm. how does it perform at different uh, you know, at, at different power How levels. Fall off. How does the light temperature fall off? At the yeah. Moment? Well, I and I'm colorblind again, so I'm like, I, I'm and I'm thinking, that. Yeah. put it in a softbox, and nobody, you know, who cares about the light fall off? It's in a softbox. So yeah. I'm not quite so picky about that. The only thing that I've gotten picky about is I've replaced my lights over time when they just weren't re reliable enough. Yeah. And so I have. I've, I've done that enough times that I have a pretty nice kit at this point, but, um, mm. but I still have a couple of, I, what are the Lumo pro are the ones that I, they're like these crazy one, you know, like built like a tank. And I still have two of those that I will use from time to time. If I just need a speed light and I just got to stick it over in the corner and like in slave mode. And it, it, I don't even have, it doesn't even have a transmitter. It just needs to pick up the light from it's something else. Slave, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all it needs. <laughs> like It'll work. And they run on double A's and it'll run all day long. They do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Luma Pro is, it was, it was actually the David Hobby special. It was the one he was like, Hey, buy this. It's cool. Midwest photo exchange is who sold it. And I think that's the only place you can get them from. How, how old is that unit? Mm, oh, 2015, maybe like six okay. or seven years. Um, but I've I've upgraded a few times since then to different stuff. Right, but, yeah, I, but you I still you still got that to use. I, I have a couple of those, and I have a and I have a pair of um, you know um, uh, the wireless triggers, uh, pocket wizards, mm -hmm. just because inevitably something fails, and having these yeah. kind of analog pieces that just plug in with a sync port, it's probably the easiest way to go. Most of the time, I'm on Profoto, and I've got this. You know, it's all awesome and it's synced but every yeah every once in a while something doesn't work quite right <laughs> i'll tell you i uh i'm even too lazy to, to to learn how to use the controls in my transmitter and i'll go up to the, <laughs> even if i've got this the uh the popper up there like 12 feet tall i'll bring it all the way down i'll make it a little adjustment i'll hoist it back up again try it again and do that two or three times one of these days i should learn how to control its power for my well, and they, it's, it's funny. Cause I think sometimes I don't, I'm the same way. I, so I was in, I was in the studio and last week and I, I just brought my own lights. So even though I, even though I have lights that are really similar to the lights they have at Cobalt, um, studios, I just brought my own pro photo lights because I know them. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I'm, my channels are already programmed and all that stuff. So it was easier, but I find myself doing the same thing. I'm like reaching way up high to, yeah. <laughs> to turn the knob. And it's just stupid because I have a transmitter on that's mounted on my camera. So, Oh man. Well, that, now that's, this is fun. I, I, I like devolving into that gear stuff a little bit. And truthfully, I love everybody, how everybody has a slightly different approach. Um, the way, the way people think about light, um, uh, whatever you're doing is working tom so um i love i love the really dramatic vibe and the grit that you're getting and i love that even when things are smooth it's still kind of gritty like that's mm. that's pretty grit cool. is in the soul there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> so um what i'm curious you know pandemic is not over yet right i mean right. we're kind of still plugging along like this what are the 
what are the things that you are, what do you have planned? What, um, you don't have to get too specific because I know that, mm-hmm. you know, you probably want to keep something uh, up your sleeve, but what are you hoping to do over the next few months this, you know, this, in this coming year? Oh boy. Well, I've, I've got a, an exhibit in the Lake Oswego library ongoing right now about the pandemic. Um, that's going to be there till the end of December. And is that, after that is that the same after, stuff that's on your website? Uh, no, it's different stuff. Actually. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I shot all that, uh, with a particular theme of the pandemic. Um, and it's actually my second take on it. I, on it. I did something like it quite similar at a, at a, at a cafe. Um, I am starting my own podcast. Yeah, I heard I heard yeah. you talking about that. Right. Um and God, let's let's hope I can conquer the te- technology. Um What's you know, what's the th- what's the theme going to be for your podcast? Um it's called F-stop for the soul. I'm sorry, F-stop of the soul. Okay. And it's about um putting that emotion into images. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. You, you have an episode out yet? I do not. Um, I'm going to start my first recording later this month. I took the last week of, of uh, work off, and I'm going to start recording there and get after it. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Wish me luck, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, well, it's, it's, it's such a fun, um, it's a very different kind of an outlet. Um, I, I've told people this lots of times. Just selfishly, it's my way to like, get on the phone and I mean the, the proverbial you know the metaphorical phone and chat with people who I've been wanting to talk with gives me that's an excuse awesome. yeah yeah well that that's I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you come up with Tom this has been really fun and I really appreciate you you know walking me through your process and and your your creative process and just how you've grown into this I would love to know um if there's anybody else that you think I should probably talk to for this podcast that you think might be interesting to our listeners why yes there is and it's funny as we were talking i i, I thought of an uh, another guy um since we were talking about lighting um there's a fellow named zim zimmerman do you know zim i don't know okay he's uh he does lighting primarily um and he's a great person to chat with so um i'd love to hear him here and and hear his insights okay um one of my favorite photographic artists, Adriana Michima. Have you heard of Adriana? <clears throat> I have. Yeah. Okay. Have you met her? I have not. I've never met her. No. Uh, I mean, right. we. She's. We're in some of the same circles, but I haven't yeah. met her. No. I, I. I think I kind of introduced you guys uh, through Bruce. I introduced um, Adriana to Bruce, and Bruce yeah. brought her into the uh, to the Alvard crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've. Ne- I. I. She's been out there, but never at the same time as I have been. Okay. Yeah. yeah she's fascinating um if you can get if you can get her to talk uh, if you can nail her down sure um yeah uh she's a huge inspiration to me i've got like a lot of her artwork on my walls oh cool yeah um also talk to rachel salisbury who does okay. something like uh what i do but i think in more of of a um fantasy slant okay yeah if you replaced my grit with flowers i think you'd end up with rachel oh nice yeah <laughs> It's always nice to kind of figure out like how do you how do you frame that how do you how do you yeah. quantize and and yeah. quanti- quantify what people are doing right it's like I know, love that the 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 Venn diagram of photographers yeah yeah 
Well, I obviously have been looking at your website through the entire conversation, but what is the best place for people to go and see what you're doing? Um, geez, actually, honestly, it's Instagram right now. I haven't updated my website for a long time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, although I do pop things on and off over there. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook every once in a while, I'll actually pretty much on a daily basis. I'll just throw something new over there, although I might take it down. You know, I, I, I use those, um, uh, venues for, for testing out things just to see how, you know, how do people react to it? Uh, right. cause I would be surprised sometimes. Um, but yeah, I think Instagram, uh, check out my website too, tomlupton.com. Very cool. No, I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely put those both, those, both of those links in the show notes. Um, Tom, this has been really fun. I'm, I love that. Like we hung out a little bit in the desert and I got to see what you do, but it's really fun to also talk about it and, and kind of hear like, how did you get there? Like for me, that's maybe the most interesting part. Well, thanks for giving me a chance to talk about it, Dan, because I honestly have never done that. Oh, cool. And, yeah. So it's interesting to hear people say that, oh, it's interesting watching that process because I'm like, what process? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think a, a lot of times I, people will, because people will say that they'll be on the set mm -hmm. with you and they'll be like, oh, this is, this was cool. I, I watched, was watching you do this. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was just kind of farting around. Like, I, right. <laughs> well, I don't right. know what you, what you thought you were saying. Yeah. Um, so I, I always love that. And, and I feel like sometimes we have to make up the story of how interesting it was to create something because the reality is we were just kind of that lightning storm while we were out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was something else. Yeah, exactly. And the land sharks. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, this has been really fun. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Thanks for talking to me. And I get a chance to pick your brain too, which I've wanted to do for a while. Hey, anytime, anytime reach out. If you've got any questions, Thanks, I'm always man. happy. I'm all, I'm an open book. Right. Take care, man. You too. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice. Also, I'm always looking for interesting people to interview. So if you know someone I should talk to, please get in touch. You can email me at gotakepictures.com or send a message on Twitter at gotakepics or on Instagram or Facebook with the handle gotakepictures. New episodes are on the way soon, and if you subscribe, you'll get them as soon as they drop. But in the meantime, go take pictures. <laughs>